Good evening. Everybody sitting back this way. Everybody, please. I want to see your eyeball. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, I'm sure most, most of us don't see me this well dressed on Wednesday night, but we're recording tonight for a television program in Nigeria. That person, person, uh, actually, person, me, I can get the word out pressing me to get the uh, videotapes to them. And so we're recording. This is the best camera we have until we got these two uh, put in place uh, before we start recording live uh, to send to Nigeria with uh, these cameras. But right now, that's the only camera we have. So that's what we'll be doing. We need something to put on television. So tonight, the message is for you and for them. So uh, please be understanding if I'm going and saying some things that you don't understand. Stay cool, okay? <laughs> I'm speaking to a different culture. I may do that, but be understanding. Our goal is to reach lives for Christ, amen? That's all we're concerned about, so that they can be delivered. This, I don't know what's going on, but I think that our church is really being prepared for another level of ministry. Uh, Pastor I was in my office today, and uh, I'm dealing with uh, somebody that, I'm going to be very open, so if you're having a problem, you need to let me know. Uh, she's having sexual relations with a spirit. <laughs> you never heard about stuff like that, but it's real. I know about it, don't talk about it here, but it's happening to a lot of women in the United States and they don't know what to do. They won't tell you about it. They keep it quiet. They know the spirit is, is going on, and it's very real. You think they are crazy, but from my background in Nigeria, I know it's real, so I have to deal with it. In fact, um, I'm dealing with one, and I got a call back from uh, um, South or North Carolina today. They don't live in town here. Uh, seeking help. Seeking help. And uh, these spirits harass these people, and it's a very tough situation. Uh, I can openly speak to you, uh, Pastor. I was in my office when I had to educate uh, some men, call them from South Carolina or North Carolina, about what was really going on uh, with this person's life and how to handle them. I don't have any concern. I know that these people can be freed by the grace of God. God has given Angela and I uh, a whole lot of knowledge in this area, not just this particular problem but other areas, and then that's probably what I'm going to be addressing tonight. Uh, if you've been oppressed, speak up. I think two weeks ago we had somebody totally freed right here in church. Uh, Pastor I was with me there too, and you can tell this person couldn't even open their hand right here. But I quickly recognized what was happening, told her what to do, and we, the result is real, real freedom. I mean, freedom in this particular life. She's free. She's free. Just have to be educated to be free, uh, free of the fear of it. So I'm going to be opening up a little bit in this area because uh, my thing is not to spook people so you don't fear and attract what's not there. But if it's there, you, it needs to be taken care of. It destroys you. 
He destroys your family. He destroys everything. So if that's happening to you, you see me spirit or you feel presence or whatever, you need to let me know. It's not a big deal. We'll take care of it. But you need to let me know because your spiritual life is going to be stunted. You can't really have faith. You can't really trust God. You don't understand scripture. Think nothing makes sense to you. And there's that constant fear and no true confidence in God. You just can't get there when these things are present in, present in your life. So I want, uh, I think I've been told you need to be more open because uh, I keep things to myself thinking this stuff I have to deal with only when I go to Africa. But I'm realizing the devil doesn't have to get on the plane uh, to get here. He comes here. He's here too. And people are going through the same situation and we need to be very open. And if you're having problems, you need to let me know so that you can be free to worship your God without fear. Amen. So that's what this is about. Ministering to lives and setting people free. And we're going to be training people also here to, to help people to get them free. Because I don't know what's going on with all these calls coming in. I think God decided the Ark Fellowship is it. And I'm going to use the people there to free people. So you get ready. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> get ready. God's taking us somewhere else. Now tonight... Oh, should I say, this afternoon, <laughs> Eric, you got to edit that, right? <laughs> this afternoon, I'm going to be speaking on how to walk out on the devil. How to walk out on the devil. In other words, like, you know, big deal. You know, big deal. I, uh, I, I wanted us to go into this message. It's so important. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 1 and 2. Father, I just want to thank you for your great mercy and for the power of your spirit. That's the confidence that we have. That we can handle the devil because of what you have done. The Holy Spirit teaching us to speak to us today, this very afternoon, about our freedom in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start with this. It says, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose yourself from the bones of, of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Zion represents the church. Zion represents you, a believer, a child of God. When the, when the word of God uses the word Zion, it's referring to the church and to us, believers, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, awake. In other words, maybe you're sleeping. You need to wake up. Awake, awake. And the thing to do is you put on your strength. Notice God's not saying God's going to put your strength on you. You have already been given strength. And God's saying you need to wake up. Wake up and put on your strength. Oh, Zion. That's what it says. 
Put on your beautiful garment. What kind of garment are we talking about? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what we're talking about. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You should not be going through any kind of evidence, heaviness in your life. You got to put on your strength. God says you have the strength. You just have not put on your strength. There is no need to be afraid of the devil. No need. There is no need to be concerned about him. Wake up. Put on your strength. O Zion. He says, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. In other words, demons can no longer harass you. It's over. They don't have the right to harass you. They don't have the right to oppress you. You don't have to be depressed or oppressed in any form. God says, this unclean spirit can no longer come to us. We have to believe this. Everything we do as Christians by faith. And we're coming to that today. It's so important. They will no longer come to you. You can walk out on the devil. That's what he's saying. You can walk out on him. You don't have to be scared of him. You don't have to be concerned about what he's doing. The other night I was with that lady in the office. And I said that last week. Sometimes she says, well, I want to ask this question. And when she starts speaking, the, the devil comes in and won't let her speak right in my presence. She can't get the words out. And I have to tell him quietly, you know she's in my presence and you can't do that. I tell him, you hold back right now. She's got to speak to me. She's taking permission and she's going to speak to me. Now you get out of the way. Instantly, she starts speaking to me. But I know where we are. And Pastor Al heard me today. I, I know the time has not come for her to be free. I need to get her to the place where she can be totally free. But I'm not worried. Neither am I concerned. Because I know she will be free. But she needs to help me. Amen. So put on your strength, O Zion. No unclean spirit can come to you. They cannot be a part of your life. They cannot oppress you. Then verse 2 says, shake yourself from the dust. In other words, if you have been down there and you're hurting, God said it's up to you to shake yourself of it. Realize what Christ has done for you and say no. That's meditation. Think about what Jesus has accomplished for you and you say to yourself, I can't tolerate this. Now, if he went to the cross for me so that I can be free, nobody's going to hold me down in the dust. God's not going to shake you. You shake yourself. That's what he says. Shake yourself from the dust. Now, God's not going to shake you. You have to shake yourself from up the dust. In other words, rise up from where you are. Stand up. And then he says, sit down. <laughs> Very important. Sit down. Where? At the Father's right hand with the Lord. Jesus say, said, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Sit down. At the Father's right hand with the Lord. A man's head is not different from his body. The same person, right? 
And Jesus is the head of the church, right? What devil is going to oppress Jesus? You mean they can't oppress the head, but they can oppress the body? That's impossible. So we can be free. You can walk out on the devil. You don't have to be afraid of anyone. You can walk out on on him. And Jesus defended our rights to be free from his oppression. He did. You remember the story of the woman in Luke chapter 13? The woman that was doubled over. And she was in, in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And they were watching Jesus to see if he will heal the woman. And Jesus said to the woman, Woman, thou art loosed. And the attendant to the synagogue was unhappy with it. That's an amazing thing about human beings. I, I don't understand mankind. You would think everyone would be glad for this woman being healed. But there was somebody there that was offended that somebody was made well. That's incredible. He was truly offended by this. He said to the people right in the presence of Jesus, he said to the people, there are six days for, for you to, for men to work. In those days, you can come and get healed, but not on the Sabbath. Jesus called them out. He said, you hypocrites. He, he spoke to him and defended the right of this woman to be free. And this is exactly what he said in Luke chapter 13, verse 16. Jesus said, so ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Jesus defended her right to be free. He stood on her side. And look what Jesus said. She is the daughter of Abraham. Just as you are the son and daughter of Abraham. And Jesus is saying, you have the right to be loosed from every oppression of your life. That's what he's saying. You have the right, not tomorrow, today, to be free from every oppression that is in your life. Every pain in your life is some form of imprisonment or the other. Every pain. Whether it's the pain of want, that's an imprisonment. You don't have to be concerned about it because Jesus said, your heavenly father knows. And your heavenly father will meet all of these needs. You don't have to worry because God's going to meet all of those needs. And if it becomes a pain, God is saying he is able to deliver you and you have the right to be free from that bondage. Maybe it's in your relationship. And your relationship, nothing seems, in your relationship, nothing seems to work. No matter how hard you try, no matter how good you try, it doesn't seem to work. That's also an oppression. Because that's not the way God wants it. And Jesus is saying, because you are a child of Abraham, you have the right to be free from that. Can I hear an amen? You have a right to be free. And nobody, God will not tolerate it. He wants you to be free. And when? Today. Right now. 
whether it's Sabbath or not, he wants you free right now. And you can be free. It's very important. It doesn't matter what it is. Even if it's an emotional pain in your life and has been there for so long and you don't know what to do, nothing seems to work. Jesus Jesus says, tonight you have the right to be free from me, from that oppression. He defended her. He defended her. You have to free yourself. You know, Jesus, he freed himself after he died on the cross for us. He was buried. And the Bible tells us he actually went to AIDS, ate it, right where the devil was. But notice when Jesus rose, it wasn't a big fight. Everything was open. He wasn't struggling to come out of the grave. In fact, he met Mary back there at the side of the grave, talking to Mary. No big deal. No worries about the devil. He rose. He shook himself off from the dust. Amen. He came out free. Nothing could hold him back. He wasn't in a hurry to get out. He was free. And God's saying, you are his child. You got the right also to, be, to shake yourself off the dust and be totally free and have no fear of any demon. No fear. Look at what the scripture says. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them. After he had disarmed principalities, not just principalities, principalities and powers, every power that be, he disarmed them and he made a public spectacle of them, those that he disarmed. He made a public spectacle. Jesus went around, they got no power anymore, they're gone. Triumphing over them in it. In it, what does that mean? In the way he disarmed them. Amen. You know something? Satan cannot rearm himself. Doesn't have what it takes to do that. Basically, Satan has no armor. There's nothing. Satan has no armor. He has nothing to fight with. Satan has nothing to fight with. It's like a roaring lion, and he does roar, and because he's hurt other animals, when the lion roars, whether he has teeth in his mouth or no claws or not, the animals scatter. That's what's happening. All he has is to roar, but he's got no teeth in his mouth, and he's got no claws. He has been totally disarmed, and he cannot rearm himself. It's not possible. Amen. Satan has nothing with which to fight. That's why when Jesus rose, no big deal. He could go back to the graveside. No big deal. Because he shook himself up. And God saying, hey, put on your strength, O Zion. You can. You can. You know, when I read about Smith Wigglesworth, he knew the devil had been disarmed. I was, I was not reading. Actually, I heard a testimony. Probably Marion Hickey gave this testimony about Smith Wigglesworth. He was sleeping in his room one day at night. 
and the devil, trying to scare him, moved his bed. He moved his bed from one corner to the other corner. And the guy opened his eyes. And that devil stood by the side of the, the bed and just looking at Smith. And Smith opened his eyes and looked at him and saw the devil. Sometimes God would, God would do that. He's done that with me one time when I saw the devil. I saw what he looked like. But I, it wasn't something to be scared of. It just opened my eyes to see him. So I know what to do. But Smith looked at him. And the devil was saying like this. Like, say what I've done to you. And he said, oh, it's you. And he says, back. In other words, get my bed back where you got it from. And the devil bed right back and disappeared. We had no reason. He's toothless. He can't fight. The only problem is we don't recognize it. My people perish for lack of knowledge. You don't know that he has no armor. He's just roaring to see if you'll be scared. And if he gets you scared, he'll really whip you. He's got you cornered. That's why I'm not afraid. They can talk to me all the while. I know what I'm looking for. There was a time I used to be scared of them. But I got out of that. I was glad in my early days, I think <laughs> it's so funny. My early days as a Christian, I was not scared of them. And in the middle part, a little after that, I was kind of scared because I was so aware of their presence. I got scared. And then God taught me and I got no fear. I was more concerned that I've lost my fear for them than anything else because what that says you can just do whatever you want I, I started to be afraid of that that i had no fear for the devil they can show up in my room i'm not going to investigate i just don't have any kind of fear for them they just don't mean the only thing i'm concerned is this my relationship to him that's all that concerns me that's what i really fear not the devil oppressing me because i know what the father said Amen? There's no need to be afraid of him. That's why if you, leave, if you are a member of this church, you don't hear me talk a lot about the devil. He's of no consequence. He's just not there the way I look at it. In my early days, I remember for some reason, Satan was able to convince everybody around me, including my family, that I was insane. Please don't believe that. <laughs> But my family believed that. And in my culture, everybody was scared about of the witch doctor. Witch doctor, if you're from Nigeria, you know that. If he comes into a room and it's a witch doctor or a witch, we vacate that room for that fellow. We were scared of him. I lost my fear for them. And I used to hear in those days about a witch doctor that was coming to our town and he'll dig up stuff in the ground that nobody knows was there. And there, he was a mighty man. Everybody talked about him. I was a new Christian. But I knew, even at that early stage, that there was nothing there. No power. I knew that. But my family, they had a lot. They were very concerned because everybody believed that I was insane. I guess uh, this is funny. After I got married, I was, I was, we had a family reunion for my father. 
and it was a lot of a lot of people in there to the point where my wife was not able to get into the uh, sanctuary where I was with my family members and my brothers. And we just got married. And uh, some ladies started talking. He says, wow, one of those boys got married. And the, the lady, one lady said, which of them? I know all these Okochiaba kids. Which of them got married? And the lady said, you don't remember him, the one that's, that's, gone to, that's been in America for some time. She said, I know all of the, the other lady said, I know all of the kids. Which one are you talking about? She says, you know, that one that used to go to church a lot. Angela was right there. They didn't, these people didn't know Angela was the one that got married to. She was with my other sister-in-laws, and they were sitting, you know, close to these people. So when Angela heard them speaking, she wanted to hear what they were talking about. So she was nosing around, you know, <laughs> because they were talking about me. And she said, don't you remember that one that used to go to church a lot in those days? And the other lady said, oh, you mean that one that was crazy, insane? Ah. Oh, God had mercy on him. He finally got married. He got his stuff together. When I got, when I got out of the sanctuary, my wife's face was different. She was no longer smiling. I said, hi, Angela. And she says, I've got to talk to you. I said, what about? Not here. Boom. It's serious. Oh, we just got married. This is the first fight. <laughs> so we got in the room. Angela Put, locked me, put me in the room and locked the door. I said, all I want is the truth. Just tell me the truth. I'm not going to be mad. And I'm thinking, what's going on? What truth are you looking for? That was in my head. And she said, all I want is the truth. Were you ever insane at any time? I huh? I said, oh, this stuff that these people used to say. Angela said, so you were insane? I said, no, 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 no. You can talk to my mom. Ask all of them. I'm not, I I was never insane. But everybody used to talk about that. They believed I was really insane. And my family, everybody in town talked about it. That's how wicked the devil is. All he was doing was scaring every young man in town not to follow my example. Because if you go to Christ, you lose your mind. And their main problem is I witnessed too much. <laughs> Going at night and witnessing. That was being a Jehovah's Witness or being insane. That's the way they took it. And some of it was bad because my message was really very simple. Repent or perish. That was easy. Repent or perish. I was the new John the Baptist. It's good. And if you don't repent, I shake the dust off my feet now. But they, my mother, I knew what they were thinking because I heard about it. And I couldn't change anything. Just accept what they 
thought about it. And so my mother took me to this voodoo doctor deep inside the village. And I went, before we left, I went and I said, uh, before you take me to this voodoo doctor, let me go to my, mo- my pastor and see what he says. But I was never scared. I was looking for that opportunity. All in my mind was, they're going to take me to that voodoo doctor that all of them have been talking about. And I'm going to go in there and pretend like his voodoo was working. Possibly he had a little idol hidden somewhere. And when everybody goes to sleep at night, I was going to wake up at, that, at night while everyone was asleep and broke his voodoo's hand. And wait and go back to sleep. And if he tries to fight me for breaking his voodoo's hand, I say, why are you fighting for your God? Let him beat me, okay? Let him do me harm. But I was disappointed when I got there. He he was a different kind of voodoo doctor. But that was the one that was recommended for my my family. That was going to help me free and free me from my insanity, they thought. But I wasn't afraid. When I showed up, I, I looked at the man. I was already a little bit irritated because I figured if this didn't work, my mother was going to take me back to another person, another voodoo doctor. So I was not very happy to be in his presence. So I sat down and I looked him straight in the eye. I said, sir, everybody's saying I'm insane, but I know I'm not. If there's anything wrong with me, the only thing that's happened to me is that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's all. And I said to him, you probably have more problems than I have. You are loaded with problems. And God will help you. But listen to me. I want to give you the gospel message. (laughs) And I didn't have a whole lot to say. In those days, it was about repent or perish. But this time, I thought he needed to hear a little bit more about the gospel of Christ. But I gave him a short message as much as I knew at that stage. And when I got through, I said, now, uh, voodoo doctor or witch doctor, I'm through with what I have to do. Now bring your portion, everything that you want to do to me. Yeah, I am. Finish your job. Because I got to go back home. I'm a school teacher. And he was looking at me like. And I looked at him and I said, you better start working with your voodoo now, please. Cut the long sto- uh, this long story short, that evening they had me in chains. They had my hand. They were very uh, angry, angry, I guess, but locked me in a room, chained my hands, wound my hand, put the chains around my hand and padlocked it. And then they chained one of my legs to the wall. I was crying that night. My mother was uh, sitting, uh, lying in the bed there. And... Um, I prayed. I didn't know what to do. I was saying to myself, just a few days old as a Christian, I was saying to myself, is this what Christianity brings to you? You become a Christian and you get chained and and locked in a small room with a concrete floor, cold. And I had to sleep on that concrete floor. And uh, so I started praying in tongues. If you don't know how to pray and you're confused about praying, please pray in tongues. I started praying in tongues, and I, I wept uh, uh, because I couldn't go to sleep. The, the chain was so thick on my hand as they wound, them, wound it all around my hand. So that was all I had for pillow. 
And if, when I put my head on it, the chain would eat deep into my head and it was so painful. So the only way I could sleep was lie on my back with my hands like that. That was how it was. My mother was crying because she thought she was helping me. Um, but at night, I started praying and I started saying, God, you know, I, I really cannot go to sleep. How am I going to handle this with my hands like this and my, my legs chained to the wall? There's no, way I could, there's no way I can sleep. What am I going to do? And a voice said in my head, the chain's loose. Why don't you take your hands out? So I looked down and I was shocked. The chains were really loose. And I just pulled my hands out and dropped it. My brother still talks to me about that till today. I never say much about what happened, but that was one major miracle that God did. I dropped the chains. They made a lot of noise. My mother opened her eyes, and I thought, okay, she's going to call them, and they'll put me back in chains. And she just went back to sleep, and I had a good night's rest <laughs> till the following morning. But God freed me totally from those chains by morning time. I'd like you to know that God is real. God is real. That's, I still have people who are alive today. There's a bishop in California. You can call that bishop. He knows about this story I'm telling you now. This is real. He went all over town, what God did in that village. My brother is still talking to me about it. I was just a few days old as a Christian. The voodoo doctor was so scared of me being in his presence. I heard a, a somebody that was demon-possessed. While I was in my room, that person was saying, leave him alone, leave him alone. That man of God is like Bible days. But I was just a few days old as a Christian. And here we are, scared of the devil. I'll walk out on him. There's really no need to do that. There's no need to be afraid of Satan. My fear is how closely I can walk with God. That's what the concern is. How closely. Please, God, don't allow my heart to wander away from the things of God. Because God is so powerful and he's so here that I've decided in my mind, I don't have to worry about anything. God can take care of me. God can take care of you. Amen? God can take care of you. If you have a fear of an oppression in your life, talk to, talk to me. What you need, and I'm going to tell you in this series of messages, what you need, I'm going to give you six things that you need to know to free yourself. I like talking to people about how to free themselves. I, I'm slow to pray with anybody these days. In those days, I wanted to cast out devils, so immediately I'm going after them. I'm a little wiser than that time, I guess. I don't do that these days. I'll talk to them, and sometimes I make the person free themselves. Because that way they don't need me. That way they can help somebody else. Amen? They can help somebody else to be free. So I talk to them and give them principles from the word of God so that they can free themselves. Six things that you need to do. You must fight for your freedom. That's number one. You must fight for your freedom. If you are being oppressed in any area, you know it. Because it just will not make sense. When it doesn't make sense, there is a demon behind it. 
when it doesn't make sense and you don't see the push towards improvement because sometimes God may allow you to be in a little thing. He said, the Bible says, don't despise the days of small beginnings, but you can see the progress. But if you are stuck and in the dust and you've tried everything and it seems there is nothing else to do, you can't really pull yourself out, there must be a demonic force in that situation. And what happened is you invited this thing consciously or unconsciously. Maybe you did something unconscious. That's what this man was wanting to know. Can you do something unconscious that will invite them into your life? Yes, even as a Christian. You give them permission, they'll come in, and it becomes a real problem. So you got to fight for your freedom. You got to fight for your freedom. You have to realize that the enemy that you're dealing with is not flesh and blood. You can't use natural weapons to throw at him. It won't work. You need to realize that. You can't see him. You may feel him. You may see, feel things that they do, but you really can't see this individual unless it's got into a very bad situation. But you have to fight for your freedom. We walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So you must, number one, use your faith. You must use your faith. Use your faith. That's how you must fight for your freedom. The Christian life is a life of faith. Everything that you do is by faith. You cannot win a bigger battle than the amount of faith that you have. Your victory can never be bigger than the faith that you have in your heart. Everything is by faith. It's got to be by faith. You got to go to God by faith. I need to let you know this. When we are doing a fight with the devil, there's only one thing dev the devil is after in your life. Nothing else matters. The devil doesn't care if your children die. The devil doesn't care if your finances go down. There's only one thing that is important to the devil. Your faith. Because that's the only thing that can upset him. He has no weapon. He cannot fight. He's been disarmed. He has nothing to fight with. He, and he knows it. But the only thing that can truly put him in his place is your faith. And so it does everything in your life to make you lose your faith. Because if he can get you to lose your faith, it's over. He's got you where he wants you. Your faith is what he's after. Jesus said of, to Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. I don't understand that, how Satan could go to God and ask. He said, Satan has, has asked for you to sift you as wheat. Notice, 
to save Peter, in other words, to destroy Peter. But what was he really after? Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. So what was Satan after? Peter's faith. He didn't care what, whether he made him sick. The same thing with uh, Job. He didn't care about how Job felt physically. That wasn't Satan's concern. All he was concerned about was he lose his faith and he cost you God. That's all. It's after your faith. That's the only thing can de- that can defeat him. So our fight is a fight of faith. That's why the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Satan can do nothing to you, but once your faith is gone, he's got you. Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And he said, when you have returned to me, in other words, once your faith fails, you're back. You turn your back on him. That's what it is. Once your faith fails, you're back. That's all he sees. And Jesus said, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. Because once your faith fails, Satan's got you. So the fight is really a fight of faith. So use your faith. 1 John 5, verse 4 says, But whatever is born of God overcomes the world. The world, the world, what we're talking about. Is the world fighting you? All of these things that are coming against your life, these are worldly things. The design is to take away your faith. And once you give up faith in God, you know, sometimes Christians, you hear Christians say things out of fear and you wonder. And they want to be real. It's better to recognize the negative, but stick with what God says and refuse to acknowledge the negative. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right before their presence was the furnace, right? It was clear what, about what they were going to go through. But I tell you what, when you truly use your faith, faith will beautify your life. And that's what happened to them. When they applied their faith, they were not concerned about what was before their eyes. They knew they could die, but they said, our God is able to deliver us from your hand. But even if he chooses not to deliver us, we're not going to do what you say. But the fact is, they declared their faith. Amen? They expressed their faith. Our God is able to deliver us from your hand, O King. We will not be careful to even talk to you about this matter. We're not bound. Our God will deliver us. But even if he chooses not to, we're not still going to bow. We'll rather die. When that happens, the first man will be the first man in the fire. Jesus was already there in the fire before they got him. So it's really a fight of faith. Satan is after your faith to destroy. And when you have faith, what you need to do is to resist him. Because he has no weapon. Amen? Once he sees that you are not afraid, that's resistance. Amen? You go after him. 
You saw how David dealt with Goliath, right? When Goliath got up to go to David, the Bible says David ran. He ran to him. He wasn't afraid. And that's the same thing with Satan. That's why the Bible says God has not given us this. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Romans 8 verse 15. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. If you are afraid of the devil, you are still bound. That's what it is. If you think about enemies that are going to destroy your life and you are running from pillar to post looking for somebody who's going to prophesy to you, to speak to you, to give you some comfort, Satan knows you are doing that out of fear and you are still in bondage. There's no reason to be afraid. God can take care of you. God has assigned angels, a lot, a bunch of angels over your life to protect you. You don't have to be afraid of anything. No matter what's going on in your life, I'm encouraging you. The first thing to do is, I'm not going to be afraid. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. It makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For what? For his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what will I not do? I don't have any reason to be afraid. Why? He is with me. But once you are afraid, you've opened the door for the enemy. Once you start talking about enemies that are trying to get you, and your mind is so focused on the problem, then on Christ, I wish Christians would be more focused on Jesus than they are on their problem. When your mind is focused more on your problems, the problem becomes bigger. And before long, the problem is bigger than Jesus himself. And you can no longer call on him in faith. But if you will focus more on Jesus, the problem will become smaller. And you can deal with it. As the problem gets real small, small just like a tiny ant, you now start saying, I'm not going to pay attention to you. Even if you have a fiery furnace behind, I'm not going to pay attention because my God is able to deliver me from this problem. If that is small, that's faith. Once you are afraid and once you are concerned and you are anxious, you are talking about it and you think you're doing what's right, God listens to everything you're saying. Even though you're, you're just blowing steam. I'm just blowing steam. No, you're not just blowing steam. God's listening and the devil is listening also. And he's able to place you. He says to his demon, that's one of the fearful ones. Take care of him. But when you are, you are unafraid, he knows not to mess with you. So the thing that the Bible says is resist the devil and what will he do? Why will he flee? He has no armor. He can't fight you. When you go after him, he says, ah, he recognizes I don't. He takes off because he knows you know he has no armor to fight with. 
It doesn't matter what he comes against you with. Whether it's sickness and disease, it doesn't really matter what he's coming after you with. If you stand in faith, God will be, give you the victory. Shake yourself from the dust. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. It's about time. I'm going to talk more about the other things. Some of these things are really important. Probably you need to be here the next time. It's so important. One thing that you need to know, the devil doesn't know everything. The word of God is the greatest mystery in the universe. And even Satan doesn't understand it. He knows the word, but he doesn't understand the word. But to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It wasn't given to Satan. He doesn't understand. And when you bring an understanding which is revelation, which he cannot deny, that's what Jesus said, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that all your adversaries will not be able to withstand or resist. And that's wisdom that comes from God, that gives us true faith. Amen. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and recognize that you really have nothing to fear because God is with you. When you hear the word, even this Christmas season, we're talking about Emmanuel, that God is with us. How can God be in my home and I'm afraid? It's no reason to be afraid. And when you hear me saying, I'm not going to be in an accident when I get in the plane, I'm really arrested because that plane is not going to crash. If the plane wants to crash, let me get up and then you can go crash somewhere. I'm not just kidding because I believe God is. God is really alive. And I trust him that that's not going to happen. I'm not trying to make a point. I just believe God loves his people and he's going to take care of them. And as angels assigned to me and to you to protect us so no demon can harass us. Life can be better today. Today you need to free yourself from every and any bondage in your life that you recognize. Speak to it. Tell that bondage, today I'm divorcing myself from you. I'm separating myself from you. You are no longer going to be a part of my life. And they shall know the truth, and the truth shall set them free. That's the truth that you know today. He's powerless against you. So tell him today, name that thing. Tell him, this thing, you out of my life today. And the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. And I need you to speak. Don't be too gentle today. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. Now, now I need you to open your mouth and begin to pray. I got to hear you. Begin to pray and speak to that thing. Call it by name. And call the name of Jesus over it. And tell that thing, you are out of my life. You are so out of my life. I'm free from you. Tell that thing, you name it. And when you leave this place tonight, find a quiet place by yourself. And speak to it. Speak to it. There shall nothing be barren in your land. You are going to be a fruitful vine before God. You will be fruitful. 
Don't despise the days of small beginning, but start looking up for your harvest. Your great harvest is on its way. Father God, we just want to thank you. We cannot be bound by any demon or anything in the world. No one is able to separate us from the love of Christ. We cannot be bound. We are free from every demon, from every sickness, from every disease. We're free. And Father, we just want to thank you. We're free from every oppression, regardless of what it is. We're free, oh God, because you freed us. You said if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And God, we are declaring tonight that we are free indeed. Can you say that with me? I am free indeed. That's what Jesus said. Let's say it together. I am free indeed. God set me free and I am free indeed. That's the truth. Let the truth prevail in your life. Meditate on the truth. Stop thinking about your oppression. Don't magnify it. Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord even in the face of the oppression. That's when it pleases God. When you are not afraid of the oppression, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you are not afraid of the oppression, but you magnify God. And you declare, I know my God is able to. When God hears that, he says in heaven, did you hear what my son just said? Just like he did with Daniel. I mean Job. Remember Job? He said, have you noticed Job? There is no lacking. God's not changed. He's still doing the same thing. I like him to brag on me. Amen. I like him to brag on you. Tell, tell the devil, that's it for you. We're not having this thing anymore. Sometimes we tolerate a lot of stuff. But you can decide to speak to it. Jesus said to speak to the mountain. Speak to that thing. And it may not change overnight, but it's going to change. Speak to it because you're a child of God. And the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? So that's what's happening at the, in the Ark Fellowship. This 2014 is going to be an unusual year for us. I'm telling you, I can feel it. I can feel it. There's going to be unusual things happening in this church. Some of the dreams and the things that I've been saying in years, I believe 2014 is going to be a year of fulfillment. I really believe that. We are going to be seeing a lot of unusual things happening in the church. And I think God is already doing it by all these things that are coming out of when I was with Pastor Al. I wasn't expecting a call, but that's what we were doing. God's going to be sending a lot of people our way, so be prepared to free people, amen? To set the captives free, amen? amen. We set the captives free because he has freed us, amen? God bless you with this means.